All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 76 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill. And joining me, bag boy, Alex... Hey there. 69th Blizzard, Ken, and St. Louis Kiss with a really bad hat, but, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show just a pinch of loyalty to the 49ers, who will probably go 2-16 and 16 with Colin. Um, yeah, yeah there, there were pictures of him throwing the ball. It was very reassuring. He knows which end to hold it. So. Looked really fit. Looked really good. Huh? Yeah, I, I think I, I think as far as the Bay Area sports go, the uh, Warriors need to keep winning so that uh, we can at least be proud of one of our teams in the Bay. So, well, we're down a team here, so I'm. It's 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 rough doings from here on out. So. Oh, you can have Oakland if you want. Yeah, I'll send you Oakland. St. Right. Louis Raiders. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> All right, let's get this show on the road. Um, today's topic, and Ken, this was your idea, I believe. 15th anniversary of the rockumentary Beyond the Makeup. I even looked at the screen first before I said that, <laughs> which, is, which of course was uh, part of the VH1 Behind the Music series. It was just retitled, obviously, to make more sense within the context of KISS. came out in 2001, so... You know, this ties in with The Farewell. It, for me, um, was a really good updating of what I guess was the previous KISS documentary. And it was Extreme Close-Up, correct? Yes. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. that. Be yeah. yeah, but there was a second coming, though, too. Yeah, that that always yeah. struck me more just be, about being... The you know, about the, about the reunion, more quick. Yeah. It kind of glazed through at the beginning. It, it yeah. totally glazed and glossed over <laughs> all of the rest of the history, and was just to me all about the you know the second coming. So it was you know quite. I think it was an extremely good one. It was well roughly two hours, so down to ninety minutes once you take the commercials out on TV, getting to see Kiss again. Um, in the format of behind the music, initial impressions, gentlemen. Um, whether you saw it at the time or just caught up on it later, Lonnie. I saw it um, the night it debuted on VH1. Um, recorded it on VHS tape back in the day, and I loved it. It's probably my favorite Kiss documentary because um, it really showcases quite a bit of of the history, and I think. When anybody watched it for the first time when it first came out, no matter how big of an expert you were in the band, you, I think everybody at least learned something that night watching it. That it was it was really good and really detailed. Um, I've watched it several times since, and you know, I recommend it to people if they want a synopsis or you know history of the band. I mean, I've, I've kept my VHS tape and I've transferred it to a to a DVD over the years, so I still have a hard copy of it and. I, I think it's the best one out there. Um, should they do, we'll get into more stuff later if they need to update it, but I think I think it's the best one out there, hands down. Yeah, and we're going to touch on that part, I'm, I'm sure, a bit later. Ken, what's your take on it? 
Yeah, I saw it when it came out. Uh, I didn't even know it was coming out on VH1. I, I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, all I remember is had VH1 on, and here's you know this Kiss <laughs> documentary starting to show. Like what? And I, of course, I was glued to it at the time. But then I recorded it uh, when they replayed it. Probably that same week they were playing it several. Usually they play that stuff several times right. over. So yeah, I had a VHS of that. Now I have a like a bootleg uh, DVD that I have of that. Um, since they've never never been re- released officially, I thought it might have been yep. something they would put out on one of the uh, Kissologies, um, maybe Kissology Four if we're lucky, um, but or maybe something else. We'll get down that road later. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty thorough. I learned some things in there. Um, there is some things missing, of course, that uh, we'll talk about. But uh, for the most part, yeah, that was the best documentary. Thorough had lots of cool things in it, um, so I enjoyed it. Alex, you're up. <laughs> uh, that's a day. I was in eighth grade when it aired, and uh, I didn't see it till like a year later, so 2002. And I remember I just caught the tail end, so I remember seeing like Eric Singer. And, and the Kiss costume talking, and I was like, what? What is this? And so I would go on, uh, we had Comcast was a cable provider, and you could, like, search for programs, and so I would type in Beyond, like, every week to see if it was going to be on. And finally, there was going to be a showing at, like, 2 in the morning. So I remember staying up super late on a school night just to record it onto a VHS tape. And uh, I, I wore the tape out. I watched that thing, like, religiously, like, at least, you know, twice a month kind of a thing. I just thought it was so cool with, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about what's kind of missing, but, um, you know, myself at the time, I hadn't had any, you know, unreleased concert footage or anything like that. And so for me, it was super cool seeing, you know, all the different, like, costumes and the whole, you know, history of the band, even though there were some periods they do gloss over. Um, collectively, it was it was very cool. And uh, to see some of the names you weren't familiar with, like Eddie Kramer or Bill Coyne, Oh, uh, Joyce Bogart. Uh, you know, for me, that was pretty cool. Bob Ezrin to see those, like, see what they look like. Cause you know what Kiss looked like, but there were some of these names you didn't know what they looked like. So at least I didn't. So for me, I was excited. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I was going to kind of pick out as we go over our, our high points on it. For me, the high points really were the Joyce, uh, Bogart interview segments added in there because she was with them from the beginning she's a great pound, uh, counterpoint to Billa Coyne especially with her relationship with Neil you know having married him obviously um, you, you know I just love to get her take on it. it it kind of was a little less salesman-y than Billa Coyne segments for me so she came across really well other ones obviously Eddie Kramer fantastic to just uh, he, he's done obviously the alive um documentary since then i believe i can't remember that that where we are yeah. in linear yeah. space on these um and bob ezrin his facial expressions yeah obviously we did use a screen yeah, capture of his reaction to uh the listening party on, on the odyssey facebook page at one point <laughs> but also listening to him walk through the boot camp and just kind of the excitement that came through his voice in recounting that period of kiss's history so those are you know my 
my people who I think are the, the high points on the documentary that really add to it. Alex, let's go straight back to you because you're yawning and I want, I'm to, keep, sorry. I want to keep you awake. <laughs> sorry to bother me. I, I, I had some geography exams to take today on the Middle East. I was busy with studying all night this morning. So yeah, the Middle East will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Been there, so, done it. Yeah. So what was the question? <laughs> uh, Again, sorry to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> the question, Alex, is for two hundred dollars. Okay. Who are your, uh, who, who do you think were the uh, outstanding um, vocal contributors to Beyond the Makeup? The the people with the interview segments that most grabbed your attention. What is Bill O'Coin? <laughs> who, who is Bill O'Coin? <laughs> but um, no, I think um, I think Bill O'Coin, um, and obviously Joyce Bogart, Eddie Kramer. Um, it was cool to get some inputs from Dick Clark. Um, mm-hmm. I love the Kiss members. I uh, I thought it was great they had Eric and Bruce with it. Um, I do wish they could have got some other people because they was one was still alive, Mark St. John and. You know, it would have been nice to have at least had something of Finney, but I mean, just because I'm a completist, I like to get everybody's sides. But um, and I say it was kind of cool seeing Paul and Gene's parents. You know, I thought that was that was kind of cool. I, um, you know, if they would have, I mean, I get to if they would have do like a DVD release, it'd be interesting to see what other questions they might have been asked to see what their thoughts were. Because I'm sure, you know, it was like a series of interviews, and then they kind of you know put pieces together. But um. You know, I think uh, getting like like I said, Bill Coin, Joyce, uh, Joyce Bogart, um, that uh, and that former member of the group Wicked Lester, and uh, he's kind of on a on a he on a he whose name we don't mention. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 it was it was nice at that so time, cool. not knowing, but it was cool at that time with having you know getting to hear a little bit from from him at that time. Um, so yeah, I think the, the only people are just having them there and. Hearing what they went through is kind of cool. Ken, how about you? Yeah, I enjoyed. Um, like I said, uh, Joyce Bogart was a good one, and Bill O'Coin and and Bob Ezrin. I mean, a lot, a lot of good people on there. Um, you know, I was thinking you know, when you said Joyce Bogart, and I started thinking, you know, she could probably write a book. She should probably write should a book. write a book about the early days. Um, I, I'm sure that'd be very interesting. <laughs> A very interesting book, a good read. I hope, hopefully, she does something like that. Uh, be a good idea. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, like Alex said, the parents. I, I liked seeing the uh, Paul's and 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 Jean's parents, and it's, it would have been nice to have had uh, you know some other family members maybe on the Ace side or Peter side. Um, one thing I did notice is uh, Peter. I was hardly on this at all. I mean. He was only on the maybe three segments. I don't know, very very short compared to the other Kiss members. I want to uh, say I want to say his is archival footage too. Like yeah, because I I think it was filmed like during the Australian leg of the of the farewell tour. So you know they, I don't think they were going to get Peter to do a whole lot of favors for him at that yeah. point. In time. So that that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed all the input there. Um, yeah, like this, you said the. Uh, Bob Ezrin uh, with the, the elder part. Uh, it's just, you know, classic. Yeah. Lonnie, how about you? Yeah, I think Ezrin, to me, was, was the highlight of it, um, showcasing the albums, talking about the stuff from The Elder and stuff from Destroyer, too, um, two land, landmark albums and, you know, 
with the rise of stardom and and their fall. So I think I think Ezrin was a great get to to be on there to talk about some of those important periods of the band. And we talked about the member from Wicked Luster. At the time, I thought that was really, really cool that that we went all the way back to the beginning and we're talking with other members of their former band and then you know we all know the story of them walking out about that record contract and forming their own band and that we got um one of those band members perspectives at the time i really thought that was a, a very it was a perspective we hadn't seen in the past so i i really enjoyed that when that when that aired and you guys all mentioned joyce bogart and i'm not gonna not say her name either because she was fantastic on there and I think you guys bring up an excellent point about her writing a book. I think that would be the outside perspective that that we're missing um, from all four of the autobiographies about you know everybody's separate stories about how they think things went down. But I think that um, Joyce would be an excellent addition. And someone set off the alarm at my office. I apologize. Must be I'll, Daniel. <laughs> I will mute myself temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just getting uh, you know over to Joyce. I mean, if you think about that rinky-dink little book that came out, what was it, uh, Going Platinum or Spinning Platinum, whatever yeah. it was. Uh, I think it was by one of Neil's sons. You know, that doesn't go anywhere near telling his story. And I think Joyce could just do a much better job with being having been Donna Summer's manager. I mean, mm-hmm. holy, holy crap, Donna Summer and Kiss – and wrapping yeah. it all up into the history of Casablanca Records and the the whole environment in which Neil operated, because Joyce, you know, where did she come from as well? I mean, I'm sure she's got a interesting backstory to be told because she's she shows up in Billboard with uh, Bill Orcoin, you know, on the flip side. So you know, yeah. as, as a woman working in the industry on that side of the industry is kind of really fascinating in this day and age when we're, we're looking at female role models. So, I, you know, I'd love to hear her story. And, um, you know, obviously she did a lot of important stuff within the business. So, you know, Joyce is really, you know, really cool and came across really good. So, you know, I can't stop really kind of singing her praises there. So she get her on a podcast. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. All right. So... High points of the high points of the documentary. What are those segments that you think really worked um, particularly well? What would be your favorite kind of errors that they that they did well? Obviously, I'm I'm not going to really be able to pick one personally because it was like such a flash of archival video going through at the time, mm. and I I know that there are people who are probably sitting there with their their, their uh, VHS is pausing every frame, trying to identify the source of ev- every single piece of video in there. And most of it's like, you know, the common stuff. It's just how they put it together worked really well that I never bothered. Is that rare footage? Usually I, I do care, but when this came out, it was more, I looked at it from the point of view of the whole package. So that's my high point is how they put all the the visuals together with it. Um, it just worked really well and didn't give me a seizure like, you know, the, to- <clears throat> the symphony and that kind of editing. So even though it flew by pretty quickly, Ken, some favorite uh, either segments or footage that you saw on it? Well, just the year. I like the, all the early stuff uh, because we didn't see a lot of that. And I saw, you know, they showed, you know, they showed their old pictures, and which has been in the history book and that sort of thing. And, but, and then they're talking about it. Um, 
and uh, the building, you see the buildings uh, where they, you know, the loft area and, and those kind of pictures and and the real old makeup pictures when they were just trying to figure it out and stuff like that. Plus, I enjoyed the way they put the instrumental music in the background, uh, Kiss's music in the background during this whole thing. Uh, it really did a good job. I mean, it, it was just... You know, sounded great in the background to to all this footage. Um, but I would say the earliest, the early footage was really uh, more special uh, because I hadn't seen a lot of it maybe at that time when I first watched this. Yeah, I mean, fifteen years ago, you know, it, it wasn't as easy as YouTube, was it? So no, <laughs> no, we didn't have YouTube at our, at our, expo- nope. our exposure, and we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have Kissologies. To, to go and look at that are cleaned up footage. So I think I'm with you, Ken. That early stuff really really showcased to me. Um, it was it was great to see. You know, we all had our, our bootleg VHSs from from Kiss Vision and thing like things like that at the time. But um, that early footage was just you know just made the documentary for me. And then at the time too, because I was such a huge fan at the time. Not that I'm not now, but I mean it was. Seeing some of that farewell tour footage also, because I just seen him recently on the farewell tour. Like there's a there's some footage from Detroit at the end where Paul's like thanking the crowd, and, and you guys remember on the farewell tour, he was it was very like heartfelt at the end, you know, and he was like, you know, see you in your dreams, we'll be looking for you and ours, you know, and it was really like heartfelt to these cities that he was, you know, was, you know, basically saying goodbye, well, supposedly saying goodbye to for the last time. Um, but they played that and it was like the farewell to Detroit on there. And I thought that was really, really cool that they included that at, at the end of it. And it was a really, it was really great video that they had on there. So the early stuff and then actually some of the, the latest stuff on there to me. Let's go to Alex with that question. Uh, do you need a reminder what your Alex, the no, question I, is. I paid it for, how, for how much? Um, no, I, I had to agree. The early footage was great. I love just like the way they segued everything in. I'd say one of my favorite periods of editing um, came when they were discussing like the 76 to the solo album as a dynasty period when he talked about Kiss Meets the Phantom and the merchandising and stuff. I thought it was a great way of the way they uh, segued um, the Kiss dolls and the Kiss Your Face makeup. Um, so I thought that was super cool. Like Ken, like you said, with the music. Um, you know, again, at the time when I, you know, picked this up, I, uh, I was kind of really getting into the Kiss music. I mean, I always liked them, but I didn't have all the albums. So I remember, like, I would hear riffs and go, like, that's such a cool riff. I wonder what song that is. And so then I remember, like, getting my dad's Rocky Roll Over record and putting it on, trying to fit. And they're like, oh, that's Mr. Speed. I like that song, you know? So, um, talk about a great way of being able to even kind of just showcase snippets of all the music. And and so forth and, so, and like you guys mentioned, um, I obviously I didn't have any of the the Kiss Vision videos and stuff at that time, um, and so you know I really say I really disappointed it wasn't released on on a Kissology, but it's a great um, introduction uh, to the band and and again you know the footage um, like I said early footage um, pretty much the fir- I guess you know the, the the original period the original lineup there was such great footage of that. Um, that it just you know was such a showcase of it. It's a shame it was too short. Yeah, you know that 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 is a shame. I think the release of it just would have made too much sense. But it would you know maybe it would have been too soon after Second Coming and the thing. Well, we've already done it. But you know it, the whole be, 
behind the music series at that time. I mean, I watched other bands that I had no interest in whatsoever just because I liked the format and the quality of the work that the team were putting into these episodes. And I liked the style. And mm-hmm. that, that fed over into Kisses, which obviously used the same format but changed the name up. So it, it was really high quality. And it's never made any sense why it hasn't been released, especially yeah. when Kissology came out in, what, 2006, Volume it 1 came out. It was through VH1, yeah. And it was through VH1. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that beyond the or beyond That the should makeup, have been one of the bonus discs. Or, or, it, or yeah. it should have been the first the first thing released as a single DVD on its by own, itself. by itself, with mm. maybe some teasers from the series and stuff that they yeah. were planning on doing as a standalone so that it doesn't pollute. So, Especially at the time, too, because, I mean, DVD sales are, are down now just like anything else, but if you would put that out in about 2002 or something like that, when you know, six months after it aired on VH1, even though Kiss was basically dormant at the time, I think that you know it, it would have sold well because I think Kiss fans were were starving for something from the band at the time because there was there literally there really was nothing. It was you guys remember that it was just a really down period. You were like, well, what's going to happen? Are they are they really done for you know for a couple for a few years? We were all like that. It's not, it's there was that rumor show that well they're still going to do one big show you know at the and. United States at Shea Stadium or something like Gene wrote in his book, just Gene spouting off and bullshit like that. But you know, for for a while, you know, there was just a lull of nothing, and I think that would have helped. I think Kiss fans would have would have ate it up. You know what yeah. I mean? So generally, Kiss fans have eaten up every uh, yeah. you know every yeah. every release. Yeah. You know, and, and how well did Extreme Close Up sell? You know, from what I know, it sold very well. So, oh, yeah, incredibly well. So, so, so to have an updated one, which would have you know touched bases since '92 on up, you know, with the reunion and stuff, uh, it's missed opportunity. Kiss Gene Paul, if you hear this, you guys messed up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lonnie, Beth, I hear you calling. Like, yes, sir. Come up right now. <laughs> Just busted your balls. I know. Busting your balls. That's it. Should be it. So, so St- Stephen <laughs> Stephen Cornell was without a doubt at the time a high point. You know, when it was, mm. you know, coming when it came out, I was like, okay, cool. You know, there there is one of the guys from the pre Kiss bands. And how many other people were there at the time who were kind of like around? You, your choices are pretty limited, Stephen or Ronnie, and. Mm. You know, after Still Wicked and Gordon and all that, uh, you know, don't think that made any sense. I, I think that's one area, I guess let's get into some of the the parts that we don't think they did as well on, that I would like to have them spend a bit more time, you know, and maybe really getting a, a little bit more to grips with the Wicked Lester side of stuff. That's, you know, that's just a, a preference. That and the originals there, you know, make longer, everything afterwards can make shorter. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. Ken, Ken said that first, you know. So what are some areas that for you didn't work, Alex? Um, I agree. I would have, you know, for just about the um, the editing with the Wicked Lester era, because um, I want to say this came out before the box or just after, but I would have, you know, it would have been cool if they might have used some of the Wicked Lester music as the background, doing as a teaser, um, you know, just showing that error. Um, I think, uh, and he said another point too, it's just um, the non-makeup error. They totally glazed right over that. 
You know, I was like, we got Vinny Vincent, and then, you know, you got J.D. Jackson. We're going to see Kiss without makeup for the very first Next thing you know, it's and then, you know, the reunion. So I was kind of bummed that they glazed over the uh, the non-makeup era, and obviously for a television program and stuff, they probably had some time constraints, but that's for, like, a DVD release would have been amazing because they could have had a bit more in there. I mean, you really didn't hear much of the non-makeup era. Um, unless in that period, and you got savage, you know, from various interviews. Um, in fact, I was surprised how much Paul would tell about the non-makeup era in his book, speaking about Gina being there. And you look back, that would have been interesting to have heard on the program. So um, I would have liked that to have been a bit more addressed, the non-makeup era. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. They didn't. I don't recall if they even spoke about Asylum, damn them. Mm-hmm. No, and, and didn't. I, I don't remember, you know, I watched it this morning pretty early so um, it's i don't remember much about mark st john even being mentioned they seemed they to go sh- they showed him did they, they like showed him like, they showed him they, pro- they probably showed vinnie in one of the lick it up videos and maybe the album cover and yeah. you know and then moved on to bruce and then it was did they did you get your revenge coverage lonnie i believe there's there's a little bit of revenge there's a little bit of revenge yeah. in there but the non-makeup stuff is just very, very glossed over until you get to MTV Unplugged and they have the reunion with Ace and Peter. But I'm, I'm with Alex. And it, was, it was disappointing to me that because that, that's the kiss that I grew up with. And the, you know, it was the era that I got into the band. Same, you know, same with Julian as well. You know, he got into it when they weren't wearing, wearing the makeup. And, and, I, and I get it. I get, you know, why that is glossed over because – the casual fan well no knows kiss and makeup they're not especially in 2001 2002 when that came out you know the, the casual fan knows kiss and makeup even by that point they had the makeup back on for 6 years at that point so i get why it's glossed over in in most everything that that is done i mean i guess that's why you know it was cool when they did kissology 2 that that there is quite a bit of non makeup stuff featured but and first part of kissology 3 but you know the it was, but for me, it was cool that they included Bruce in there. Bruce has always remained, you know, a close member of the of the Kiss family per se. And but the non makeup stuff not being in there, not I w- and back to what Alex said. If they had done a DVD release, you know, there might have been more footage that they intended to put on there, but had to shrink it down for for time restraint purposes. It could have been, you know, even even better. And Julian could have gotten his asylum fix out of it. So. But th- but then again, how how much point does it make with Kiss Exposed and Extreme Close Up? They give more attention to those periods that they may have felt well. that this to, isn't this isn't really about those eras. Correct. I say I say to a bit, but I mean you know you have that clip of Dick Clark mentioning how well how successful Kiss was during the non makeup era. So. He said they sold fifteen million yeah, in that yeah. non makeup period. Right. So I mean there was at least you know there was some sex. You know, just some success, success, um, success there that you know would have been nice to have had a bit more coverage, but yeah. But hey, you know, at least you got a shout out from Dick Clark about the '80s Kiss. You, you yeah. yeah, that's pretty darn cool. That is. So here's what happened. I, I wrote some stuff down. <laughs> With this, Vinny, first of all, but right when they talk about Vinnie Vincent, there's uh, Paul gives a slight thing in there to Vinny, saying that he was chosen as the guitarist by default. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, come on. He, Just, we got to get a little jab. He's the only guy standing left. Everyone else 
fell over and or died or something, and I, he was here. So the only guitarist left on the planet. We were forced to go with Vinny Vincent. You know, give me a break. Come on, you know, just get over it. Uh, you're but, jab. And then the uh, so then they pretty much they go real Mark real quick. Here he is, his hand swelled. Now here comes Bruce, and he tells his little quick story, and then it skips. Then it goes eighty five to ninety one. It just glossed over that. It went eighty five to ninety one. They talked about revenge, and they had a little bit unholy video and, and so on in there. Um, and then it skipped again. Skipped. Uh, it skipped the uh, live three and stuff like that. And then it just went to the conventions and reunion after that. So yeah. So there was. A, I, I, they should have had it. Maybe like Alex was saying, I was kind of thinking the same thing that maybe it was longer and. You know, they well, had to well, beat it down, and they had to and, cut that stuff out. That and remember, it. too, the, the, it was two hours, and usually those behind-the-musics were an hour. Yeah. So they already lengthened what they usually do for any band for one of these documentaries by, by you know, 100% of it. So, but it's, you know, we're KISS fans, though. It's still not enough. Oh, yeah. We still want more, so. Well, and if you watch the KISS Ultimate albums alive. The VH1 thing about alive, you see a clip with Ace, and it's from I, I, I won't call it an outtake. It's, it wasn't on Kiss, you know, Beyond the Makeup, but it was from that same session. So I don't know. Maybe they got an extended edition. They can make it someday. But the director's cut. The director's cut. Yes. All right, <laughs> Alex. Then, then what about you? You know, areas of improvement, or did I already cover you? I can't remember. We already covered, but. uh I mean, I, I will say too. I mean, I I know that obviously I went on full speaking terms, I guess, with with Mark or Vanny, but it would have been nice to at least, you know, sometime. Uh, well, they were yeah. act, they were but actively I mean, being sued by Vinny at this time. Uh, these there were too many court cases. Well, one of his many yeah. court cases. I mean, Google Vinny Cassano versus the you world. Know. You know, so and 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 as much as it would have been nice to have you know an a a line or two from Vinny or a line from Mark. You know, in my opinion, it, it's, and I know, you know, when it was when it was filmed with Eric Singer wearing the cat makeup for the first time, but it's really a shame that you don't have anything new from Peter at all on there, and that to me, that's the thing that's lacking the most on it is input from the original drummer during that whole period that they spend on the early days. There's, and you know, they they do have some archival voiceovers from Peter about certain things, like there's some. Some of it's on there, I think, was on The Second Coming and things like that. But, you know, there, there's nothing new from Peter, and I, I think that's what's lacking from it the most. And it, it's, glar- it's glaring, in my opinion, when you see yeah. Gene in the makeup, Ace in the makeup, Paul in the makeup, and, well, here's a voiceover from Peter thrown in there sporadically. Down in, I, th- I think he was still alive, but it would have been nice if they got something from Sean Delaney on oh, there yeah. during the beginning. Yeah. I think I think he was still alive. Didn't he die in like two thousand three, two thousand four? So I want to say he was still alive. I think he was still alive. I think. Yeah, two thousand three, and Stan Penridge, who would have been another useful one, especially yeah. with the history yeah. of Beth. And you know, if you can't get Peter Chris, yeah, you get Stan Penridge. To and I think he passed in two thousand two. Just yeah, I want to verify that one. Uh, Stan. Show pro. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, he died. He died May, May two thousand one. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that that probably would have been a little bit too much towards the end of him. But those are those are actually two guys who I think are you know worth mentioning as you know they should have been part, especially Sean. Bloody hell, mm-hmm. 
you know, Sean, yeah. for, for what he was responsible for. When you're talking about Kiss, you're talking about the bombastic show. In the early days, it was all about shock and awe. The, you know, the shock value of four makeup men with flash pots and exploding guitars and levitating drum kits. So Sean, who was such a critical part of the early, you know, development of the band's image, would have been a, you know, really cool. Actually, I'd stay, I'd trade Coronel for Sean. Any day of the week, oh, yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. I would have been called the guy Vinnie Pontia for the Dynasty era too. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot of producers yeah. that you know, but you know, obviously they skipped eighty five to ninety two, so you can't get Ron Nevison in there as well. So, <laughs> and then the rest of the time you've got Gene and Paul, so you are talking to the producers already. But, yeah. But Vinny actually would have been kind of neat, especially. But you know, I don't think they're going to linger on that pop era very, very long when they're doing an overall history of the band. So let's talk about other strong points, other things that jump out at you, comments, uh, things that I haven't already asked as questions because I, I've run out of my questions early that I'd ask about this. Other than Alan G. Parker, you wanted the best. Mm. It does it make any sense? for him to be doing this all over again when they've already done Behind the Mask or Beyond the Makeup. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I've even left that freaking title up on my webpage in front of me here (laughs) to try and remind myself. I knew I was going to picture it. That's the book about Raise Your Heart, right? Yeah. It it makes me wonder how much different... The coverage in Alan Parker's movie from 73 to 2001 could be. I mean, we've told the story on Beyond the Makeup. We've told the story on Extreme Close-Up. We've read the books. I mean, what, what, what's on there that, that's going to be the draw from that period? I mean, I don't know. I mean, or, are we going to focus on... 2003 to present because we saw like a mock-up poster of it with Tommy and Eric in the center of it and people were people were pulling, you know, throwing <laughs> things at the computer when they saw that. Throwing so, the toys out of the pram. Exactly. So, you know, I, I don't want to see I don't want to see a documentary based on the last 10 years. No. But I mean, I I'd want to see the last 10 years glossed over like we glossed over the 80s and beyond the makeup. Per- me and that's me personally. Not, nothing against Eric and Tommy, but there hasn't been anything historic in the last, you know, ten years. We've had two albums, and that's and that's great. More power to them. But I want to see a Kiss documentary. To me, is about seventy three to seven. The bulk of it being about seventy three to seventy nine. Yeah, that might be the problem with you know Parker. But you're not going to get any Park, input Parker's from Mason Peter on it same problem again is that exactly and that's a glaring problem with beyond the makeup there's just no peter chris on it there's not gonna be any input on parker's movie from ace or peter either one of them yeah because they didn't want to do it and there there is the key they and it would have been the same in 2001 with peter because obviously the situation was bad opted to not participate and not have their side of the story though obviously part of the reason why they don't want to have their side of the story is because they don't have any editorial control about what they say and how it is used. So it's kind of a catch-22 for Ace and Peter whenever they're asked to participate in a KISS project and that, oh yeah, come on Ace and Peter, we'll even pay you for it. Oh, but 
we're not going to let you have any say over how what you what you say is used. So it's it's fair from the perspective if you are the producer that you don't have to cede that control to someone else. But from the pan the fan point of view, who maybe you know is more emotional. Oh, fucking no ace, no Peter. Fuck you. Ah, you know. <laughs> so that that's my big big thing with Parker is that he had the opportunity to get a lot of the people, you know, but he went back to the same old well. He went back to Coronel. He went back to, he, he had to go to, if he wanted Allcoin, he had to go to the archive. You know, if he wanted Mark St. John, he had to go to the archive. Mm. And he didn't think, uh, uh, you know, he didn't seem to have any grasp of maybe those people in history who would have been interesting to bring in. If you remember when the movie was kind of, you know, on the brink anyway, and Coronel gets himself into trouble, I'm like, get Marty Cohen. He's still vertical with a pulse, and he was there as well. You know, it was like, what are you doing to make it different? And how can how can any documentary now be different? You've got to bring in the cast of characters. You've got to go out and get the village people who did the background vocals and talk to them on camera. You've got to not go to Bob Kulik because I'm sorry, he's been we've, done. To, it's been done to death. We've seen it. We've seen it. So, so let's let's talk about injecting things differently um, into a documentary. And I, I guess this comes into Alan's realm a little bit of what would really make this a lot better. Who are the people that you think are missed? Not the Vinnie Poncias, you know. Who who are the cast of characters who can really tell the story of Kiss, you know? Lonnie? You know, unfortunately, with, with Bill being gone and with Sean being gone um, it, and, and Neil Bogart being gone, it's, it's getting harder to get a different perspective because some of those core characters are no longer with us, which is, you know, which is a big, which is a major shame. So how much different can you make? Like Julian said, how much different can you make it from what we've already seen? And what what's going to be the what would be the draw for someone to go see, to either go see a, a movie for a one night off in a, in a theater or to go buy a DVD of a of another Kiss documentary when we've seen you know others in its past? So to me, it's it's very difficult, and unfortunately, I don't think it's possible for the the right Kiss documentary to be made because, in my opinion, it would have to be done by an outside source. That's going to give equal say to the four core original members and not let Gina Paul have it under their thumb saying, no, I don't want that in there or or edit that out or I want more of me and and less of this guy. Unfortunately, I don't think it's it's possible to make a unbiased version of a Kiss documentary because Alan Parker doing this, he would have to submit it to to Kiss Camp to Gina Paul and they're going to tell him, well, no, I don't want that in there or that camera's not on me in a good angle. You need to put me in a better angle so I look better and crap like that. So, um, unfortunately, with with some of the deaths that have occurred um, from the early days and with Gina Paul being in control the way they are and not wanting to give creative control to an outside source, I I don't know if it's possible to make the Kiss documentary that that Kiss fans really, really want to see. Unless you go the route of say, what are those fa- uh, those crowdsourced? Are they Star Trek movies that are being made currently? 
They mm. are unofficial, and they're running into legal problems. You, and do you think Gene and Paul are going to let something like that be released, though? Um, I think there are some areas that could be explored that could be done completely without the input of Gene, Paul, mm. Peter, or Ace. Mm. And what I think would really be a, a, a fantastic idea, maybe for a Kickstarter, and, I mean, obviously the people who've got the technical knowledge would be better judges of it than I, is the original Kiss Crew. Yeah. A documentary based on not just J.R., and moose, but you go out and you find the Ant Mans, you find the Fritzes. The you know Fritz was obviously later, but you go back to the people who the primary players in the seventies on the road crew, up through seventy eight, screw Dynasty and beyond, you know, and you make a documentary out of all of those people, and I think you have a much you know better kind of story that can be told from that side of the road well i think i think lydia would be a lydia chris would be an excellent perspective on yeah, on that, that as well I was thinking talking of. about an outside source like that as well because I mean, her book's fantastic obviously yeah and I, I think she'd be a great outside source also if you're going to go the route of outside gene paul ace and peter and um, yeah, was, was, was the name maria contessa the yep. costume designer laurie oh, Green yeah. as well the later ones uh what about uh, Larry? Yeah, I, yeah, Larry Harris, uh, Chris Lent. I would have had him on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we said Lydia, Chris, um, John Hart. I mean, a, a bunch of these guys that supported the band out on the road. Just not the, yeah, like you said, not just the road crew itself, but any other involvement in just the the business side, even around. Uh, Kiss back then, which is a, was a small group of people until they got big and crazy towards the end of the, end of the seventies. They could have find a, a whole lot of people um, to help with the story. So, I guess, and there's a ton of archival footage out there. I guess that you could probably dig up too. But uh, yeah, it'd be and, nice to have a different story on it. Do you know when he died? But is Ron Johnson? Is he still alive? He was the. Uh... Yeah, so, like, so that would be yeah exactly. That would have been somebody they've had for the weekend. That would be a real good one too. So yeah, the the elusive Tony Zarella, because I think I think that's all, who, who's left from <laughs> Wicked Lester. Ron Lee, Jack, and uh, and Tony Brooks gone. Who else was there? Gina Paula, your kiss. So yeah. and then yeah, and Cornell's otherwise engaged. <laughs> So I, I think what I, I don't think the documentary about history has been told. You know, no. I, I I kind of like the idea of a roadside one, and obviously I've been doing some work on the touring history recently, and I came across a news article that featured you know Fritz, you know because they were in his hometown, so they're like telling you where he went to high school, what he's doing out on the road. I mean, I think that stuff could just really translate into a cool story. That didn't come across in the original Road Cruise book. You know, talk was pretty decent, but I think it would be much more engaging as a visual story where you actually see these guys rather than, you know, the double spaced kind of pages that they did right. it out. <laughs> I, I'll say, I guess for me, a document, I've always loved the Beatles anthology series and how they did it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that one, of course, is, you know, a classic and. You know, that would have been great to have seen anything like with Kiss uh, doing it where they 
obviously having the various members, and I agree, having the people that were there, the road crew and so forth, to, to give their input. I remember when VH1 did, when Kiss ruled the world a few years later, I don't know if it's a but she had Pixie Esmond on there, who was the, the wardrobe lady from the mm-hmm. Dynasty Unmasked, and I thought that was really cool. It was like, oh, you know, you've got somebody, or even on the Kiss Ultimate Alive album series thing they did where they had J.R. Smalling and so forth. So yeah, you know, getting those people behind the scenes. And then getting uh people, you know, that were there during the Castleblanca days, you know, the CK lens. Uh I know you mentioned that side too, but you know, if you did have somebody like I mean Adonis Summer since passed, but if if you had somebody from who was, you know, also on the Castleblanca label at the time, you know, if you interviewed like Felipe Rose of the village people or um Billy Squire. You know, you know Billy Squire. Yeah, well Piper, yeah. Piper, you know, if you any of you those guys are um but were the stars, were they on Castle Blanca too? No, but they were no. AMI, all calling management, so mm-hmm. So that that would have been uh you know, definitely a, a great concept and idea that they could have gone down. Because like you guys said, the Alan G. Parker thing, you know, how many times have you had the same story of this you know, per se the seventy three you know, up until you know that makeup era, uh, the non-makeup era. You know, we've we've all kind of been given the same story. So yeah, I, I just don't think you can do too many takes on the same thing over and over. I guess I'm not one to speak with well. some of the books I've done. You know <laughs> that you got Kiss was Wicked Lester. You know they had fire and boom booms, and then they did Beth, and they became famous, and they didn't live happily ever after. Um, you know, you can't reinvent well. the wheel. And and you touched on it with Piper, opening acts. The cheap tricks, the stars, yeah, a lot of opening acts. Ted Nugent. Uh-huh. You know, you go back into the seventies and who these Sammy people are: Sammy Hagar, Blue Oyster Cult, Savoy Brown, Manfred Mann. Shit, I mean, a lot of them are still <laughs> vertical. So, yeah, yeah. Get, getting the stories, uh, you know, from Argent, you know, about Kiss mm-hmm. as an opener. Um, you know, getting Steven Tyler to say something nice about Kiss as an opener. Um, you know, I, I think Wool- that would just be really cool. Yeah, Woolock, you know, Dennis Woolock. Uh, he's al- he's always got good stories about the designing designs of the you know the the, the you know albums and and taking pictures and you know the whole uh, marketing part of the side of things would be interesting. So, but I, I think you've really got to do it unofficially. You can't get into a situation like Alan did that it's the official Kiss documentary. Because you you pay for that privilege, number one, mm-hmm. and you give away all your control in some ways. And yes, it is Kiss. It is their story. It is their right to tell it their way. But you're just kind of hobbling yourself so creatively. Well, I I thought that uh, uh, Parker said that they gave him full control. I mean, he said he said he had full control, and that you know he was going to just do it his way, just tell the story his way. And I then they show he showed the the film to Kiss. I thought at some point, yeah, he showed a cut, and and something must have happened there where they didn't like. I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking that they did not like the way they came across in his film, Paul and Gene, and uh, and they just nixed it. And they probably just, yeah, they nixed it and said, well, maybe we'll do something else with it. I, I don't know. But it, it just is very strange to me that it just got disappeared so quickly. 
Yeah, so Beyond the Makeup is kind of like a high point for Kiss documentaries because ever since then it's been a challenge. Look at the one that they tried to do for Paul Stanley. You know, yeah, that, right. Uh, Mm-hmm. Living to Win or whatever the hell. So, yeah, Live to Win documentary. The problem, is they, the problem is they haven't released Kiss Beyond the Makeup. Sure, it's on YouTube, but it's not officially released anywhere that for consumers. So there's it's, technically it's not there. Um, you know, in my mind, it's not there, even though I have a bootleg. But it's 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 there's nothing there other officially released beyond going back to uh, Extreme Close-Up. Extreme Close-Up. So, was was the Alive... 25 years old. Was Alive Ultimate Albums released? I, mean, I lose track of everything that did or did I, not come out. I want to say... No. I want to say I, no. I don't remember it being released. No. I, I, recorded it, I, re- it. I recorded it off the TV you yeah. know, and transferred it to a DVD, but I, I don't think it was ever officially released. If it was... It, uh, I think like mm-hmm. the last like if there was to be a Kiss mockumentary, uh, I'd call it that would be that Kisteria thing. You know, that's and, awful too. Yeah, it is. It's awful. <laughs> it's so staged. Oh my goodness! It's ridiculous. I was just watching it the other day. It's ridiculous. Was, a grade like, school kid could watch that and go, "No, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is so made up as we go." Down in the, but down we're gonna the- we're gonna plan this tour. <laughs> hey, let's do a date tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Let's put tickets on sale. <laughs> And down in the kiss, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The, the kiss symphony uh, thing would have like, we got to get a orchestra ready in a few days. Like, wait, didn't you guys? I recall you guys had a press conference. I know a good orchestra. Here, hang on, let me make a phone call. Yeah, you can do yeah. it. Okay, great. <laughs> 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 it's so ridiculous. So I just jumped on Amazon, and behind the music's actually, you know, quite a few of them are on sale there, which. Uh, you know, just stuns me again. This is Kiss yeah, we're talking about. The money. What happened? Megadeth, behind the music extended edition. There's mm-hmm. a Motley. I know there's a Motley Crue one you Mo- can buy. Motley Crue, Blondie. I mean, shit, that's three. Ooh, I, I, I might even buy all of those right now. Like oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the new edition one. That was kind of cool. Oh, it's sorry. <laughs> no sorry, village people. One. Sorry, sorry, your signal's breaking up. No, actually, actually, uh, interesting thing though. You did mention them. They actually, there was a true E True Hollywood story that was made on them, but the uh, the people who own the group, uh, I believe in France, uh, Scorpio, they had it yanked, and so it's not like they don't even have it listed anymore. So on which band? Uh, Village people, actually. There was a True Hollywood story that was done on it, but it got yanked. So yes, yeah, some yeah. bands don't like them. It's yeah, too true. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't get a suitable rating. <laughs> suitable rating. Yeah. But no, it's, it really is. It really is such a shame they never released it beyond the make. Um, did it? Now, did it come out after the box set or before the box set? After it was two thousand one. Okay, because like, man, that would have been. That came out in two thousand one. Yeah, they should have put it been, out in that, the. Uh, well, well, that would have been cool to have because I remember. I remember my parents getting the Chicago box in, and it had five mm. CDs and a cool book, and then it had a DVD with some some you know archival footage. That would have been a cool packaging thing. They've done the Kiss box set, and then had Beyond the Makeup as the DVD, you know, so you can listen to all your cool archival Kiss music and then watch a little documentary on the Kiss band. So there's two more versions they could have released, right? You could have had yeah, your exactly. your box set with the VHS tape. Or on two volumes, like they did with Second Coming. Um, 
So this year just going to be Kiss uh, Rocks Vegas. That's the only thing they're releasing all year. Is that it? That sounds like. sounds like it's it. Obviously, there's just been a bunch of reissues in Japan, but nothing of interest worth actually spending shipping on. Um, Rocks Vegas, what, the pay-per-view comes out next week, I think. The 14th is mm-hmm. the date on that one? Yeah, 14th. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. You know, here here we go with a, a modern day kind of, you know, reshowing. I don't know what the bonus features were, and I wasn't on the episode where you guys discussed it, and I haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet. Sorry. Guys. He doesn't even listen to our shows, Ken, when we do it without <laughs> him. <laughs> I am that busy since losing my job. So, uh, you know, so I don't know. Did, how, did, how much documentary did they show? There, there's a little bef- before the concert starts. There, there are some some inter- some quick interviews with Gene, Paul, Eric, and Tommy. And they talk about playing Vegas and all in the standard Kiss lines of you know yeah. packing an arena show into a small theater, but but we're Kiss and we can do it, so we did it and it turned out great, of course, because we're Kiss and we're great. So yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> pretty. I mean, is that pretty much what they said? Come yeah, on, it was. <laughs> the same old, same old. Uh, no, you know, one liners that they have. Um, same shit, you know. Vegas has always been good to us. They opened up our arms and their legs to us and that kind of crap. You know, they've been saying for years. <laughs> so, you know, but, but, but that was the problem. And that's, I guess that was considered the bonus footage. They had, you know, quick interviews with Gene, Paul, Eric, and Tommy. And I think even Doc came on there. Did Doc come on there and say something? I don't remember. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But they just had quick shots with those four, talk about cramming the show in there and, and, and and then my favorite part of that before they showed the concert itself was Gene and Paul defending the set list, saying that well these these songs are are time capsules for people's memories, and we have to play certain songs. Yeah, they exactly. had, they they took the ten minutes of bonus footage to defend the set, defend playing the same songs. I the time capsules are this. It's the whatever you listen to the whole album, so all the songs right. are a time capsule. If you listen Destroyer to the album, Destroyer itself Kiss band and Rock and Roll then. Over is a time capsule in itself. Oh, but they, no. uh, I liked how they took that t- that time to defend playing the same songs again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you know what? They can defend it all they want. They played Creatures and Tears Are Falling. Oh yeah, but yeah, so. but at the same time, they did play Creatures and Tears Are Falling, and Parasite is on there too, which is mm-hmm. great to hear too. It's not like a, it's a staple every night you go. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I'm looking. For, I'm actually looking forward to that. I, I'm going to buy the pay per view, and Look then I, I I will buy the physical one because I don't have to leave my house and go. Hashtag blessed. Look at you. Yeah, and I don't have to. I don't have to go to the cinema and sit with ten other people and watch it. So, so. <laughs> well, let me tell you, at the one that I was at, there was about, like I said, about forty people, and there is a. There was people cheering and stuff out of those forty people, yeah, and did. even the one section where uh, uh, was it cold, uh, whatever, uh, where they you know they rock back and forth. Uh, Kiss is doing it up on stage. One of them, Deuce. And maybe it was Deuce. Yeah, it was Deuce. And uh, I see the guys; they're standing up and they're doing the <laughs> doing the. Just thing tell them to sit down and stop it. They were getting into <laughs> it, you know. I was like, well, these people are, you know, whatever, dude. <laughs> they're into it. I, you know, I was just enjoying it. You know, I, it's almost like you know, I've seen it so many times, right? Uh, you know, you can't get as excited as I, as you used to, but 
and versus going to a live show, which I will get more excited okay. if you're nice right there and close. It's, it's more exciting than watching it on a video or a movie screen. Do you stand up in your? Do you stand up on when you're sitting there watching? You get up off the couch and start doing the do stance when you're watching a kiss video, Ken. I spit my popcorn out instead of the blood. <laughs> I must I say, when I saw Kiss the first time in 2009, it was the Alive 35 going to Sonic Boom, and when they did the letter D sway because it was my first Kiss show, I had a tear come out of my eye. I was so stoked, but I can't see myself getting excited at the movie theater to get up. <laughs> Hey, guess what? Ace Frehley's got some more concert dates up. More? Where are you now? August August 20th, Austin, Texas, followed by 26th, uh, House of Blues, Chicago, and then Indy, and then, holy shit, Binghamton, New York, Magic City Musical. I might have to go home and uh, go to one of those. Holy crap. And then Poughkeepsie (laughs) and Lakewood. So he's got a few dates, and and it looks like they're... They're adding more dates, so you come to California. Yeah, that Austin, Texas looks to be—it's a support act. So I guess that's a, a festival or something. Mm. Oh, wait, isn't that Austin three sixty? So it might be. I don't know. We have friends who go out to Austin every year for concerts. So, well, whatever. He's adding dates, so that's looking good for East Coast, that's Midwest, good. and Texas. Um, what else we got going on in Kiss World before we wrap up? Because we've kind of killed that topic. We got, we got the tour starting in about three weeks. Yeah, and they've added dates to that one as well. So, Fourth of July, that. Tucson, Arizona. Is that when it starts? Yep. No, that's the one that's, they added. I thought it was in Boise. I think they started in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, so uh, Tucson is actually the first date. Casino, is it okay? Casino del ah. Sol. It was the one they added, and they also added uh, Rexall Place in Edmonton on the 12th. So that's that looks like it's a pretty pretty good tour, actually, for the band at this it's point. It's a lot of dates. A lot, really? lot of dates. So hopefully those will sell well, and people will not forget to take your recording devices, your quality recording devices, not these things. These are not quality. But if you do take it, don't film like that. You film like that. Yeah, and don't film with your phone. Yeah. It'll be interesting if uh, Paul's, you know, bicep or whatever torn bicep is healed fully. And I don't think he's going to be pulling any uh, Pete Townsend uh, windmill moves. Did someone else smash his guitar for him? Yeah. Is Tommy going to smash the guitar instead of Paul Stanley? Swinging that guitar at the end of the show. Is Paul Stanley going to... Tommy Thayer gonna smash his guitar instead. Yeah, jump up on it. Boy, people would come heels on and break that. it. I don't know. <laughs> no, people, people I, came. Like, I guess I throw a kiss. Like people came unglued about that Kiss Cruise Six T-shirt. Did you guys see that? Because the of the uh, they show them in the like, outfits of and the uh, creatures. creatures. It's a bad yeah. Photoshop, but still. Came so they're on that probably one. gonna wear the costumes. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, you know, you know who's really gonna get upset of him? You know, if Tommy's wearing aces. Elder era. That's what I want to see. Is Tommy Wood? Yeah. I don't want him. This, I don't want him in the Vinnie Vincent creatures. I think look. he's I want, going him in, to. I want him in that Ace Frehley. He said he was. Feel. Yeah. He said they were going to wear the costumes in his that uh, at that convention. That indie thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like they're going to do it. And Gene will look totally badass. I mean, come on, creatures. Outfits, I love that. I love you know, that costume. And, and Paul with his. Is bushy Paul going to wear the cutoff T-shirt? 
Ooh, I'm hot. guessing he is. <laughs> now, he, you know, if Paul halter top. If Paul's right. dressing up like he did in Creatures, if he could at least do like he mm-hmm. did in uh, South America and wear the, local football t- jerseys, yeah, he's, he's got to pull out the tail. Got to get the tail. Oh gosh, yeah. take that shirt off. I can <laughs> <this anyway. laughs> All right, let's wrap it. Uh, <laughs> Julie says, "All right, that's enough. That's it. That's it. That's it." <laughs> We'll have none of that here. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for your time today. Oh, and before we go, we do have to give a shout-out to Marcus Almighty, who's not on the show today. It is his birthday. So, happy birthday, Marcus. Marcus, happy birthday from all your friends at the KISS FAQ podcast and from all of the listeners of the KISS FAQ podcast. Hope you're having a great day, and we'll probably see you on the show next week. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Alex, you can go have your nap now. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. We'll leave you you alone. (laughs) And Ken and Lonnie, thank you both. And we thank you all for your time. Check us out on Facebook. Come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and get into the discussion because last week's episode had a lot of discussion. We do do enjoy it and appreciate it. So thank you all for your time. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.